We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, Michael Stewart, on a rare live podcast for us tonight. Yes, sir. We had to go live because all the news is sitting right there. I don't know how long, I don't know how you've managed to go all day without giving your thoughts on this live, but we're here now. And we're going to go ahead and bring the audience in as well. We put out a thread earlier for comments and questions. We're going to get into that. And, of course, Michael, you have not given your take on all the moves or the CBA, which I know you've been waiting to talk about. So first things first, how you doing? Man, man I'm doing well, DC. How, are you, how about yourself, man? You, you No cabin fever yet, right? Uh, no, no cabin fever yet. Uh, it'll happen eventually, but I'm still teaching online. That makes things a little bit easier. They haven't you teach there online? You yeah, man, we're doing a little Google Classroom, and uh, but what they did for us, we stayed open, I think, just a couple days extra, probably longer than everybody else. Uh, so a lot of the teachers got out uh, packets to send home with kids. So uh, we got those out, and along with the Google Classroom, so we got a two-week start on it that takes us through what would be our spring break time. Through spring break. Winter spring break. Yep. Uh, it starts uh, April 4th uh, through the, what is that, 13th, I guess it is, 14th, whatever that Tuesday is. So, yeah, our, our spring break will be that Friday the 3rd, uh, Saturday the 4th, and then, uh, you know, that next to that next Tuesday. So we got packets out for the rest of this week. Uh, 
yeah, rest of this week and into next week. And then we'll uh, be into our spring break on the, on the 4th. So, geez, yeah, for us, we, we basically just moved ours up. We used snow days that were left over because we only used one this year. Right. And uh, now today we began all these online classes, and it was really neat. I actually got online and used a Google meeting to to actually just talk with my students the first time I'd seen them since this all went down. And they yeah. were actually, I can't believe it, happy to see me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, mean, I was kind of stunned <laughs> with that. But, you know – the, it's a little bit different. I'm used to teaching a certain way, especially in a year where yes. you know we have testing coming up, and and now I get to teach a different way, and hopefully they they enjoy the change of pace. I know I'm a little bit, so we'll see how it goes. But that's yes, not why sir. we're here. No, we're not. No, it's not. It's not. We're here to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. We're here to talk about their new logo, and I mean, just give our thoughts overall. Before we do, though, we better go ahead and give our shout-outs. We want to let you know our, our episode is sponsored by Jim Hawkins, Book Hollow's team. We also want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Well, don't, get SoundCloud. We don't really have to SoundCloud anymore. But Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, and don't forget Budding Hands on the Network. We have a couple other podcasts coming up that'll make their debuts or re-debuts soon enough, but right now it's us and Budding Hands on the Network. So one more thing. We have been sitting here at this contest now forever, trying to get 205 star reviews. We promise you one lucky winner will get themselves a jersey, a personalized jersey, on NFLShop.com. Well, you saw the logo today, and most of you have. If not, then I would ask you if you've been living under a rock. And maybe it gives you an idea that these uniforms are going to be okay or not. Well, if you want one of those new jerseys or maybe a throwback jersey, whatever you want, okay, you can get yourself... One of those by winning the contest. One lucky winner, once with the 205 star reviews, gets entered, uh, gets in there, gets win, gets entered. It's how you do it, okay? You go to Apple Music. You write a five star review. Just hitting five stars won't work because I won't know who left it, okay? So write in a five star review, take a screenshot of it, email it to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com, email it, enter your write in, and then we'll, we once in a while we'll do this where we'll actually read back all that feedback on the show. And, you know, that's that's how we'll do it. Okay, now one more thing, just kind of get the sponsor thing out of the way now. I don't know if you all were have been paying attention to this part of it, but a lot of folks are hurting right now with this coronavirus thing. A lot of businesses are being shut down. A lot of folks have been moved to carry out a delivery. If you are in the SoCal area there, in the footprint where you'll be listening to us and you have a business that is still going and you still need to just need to get the word out, email us at ranstop1945.com. We have some ad space that's available. We won't charge you for it. For the next one to two months, you can advertise with us for free just to help you because you are part of our community. We're part of your community. We want to help you. We want you to keep you in business and build a relationship with you that will last much, much longer than this horrible outbreak. Okay, so again, email us at rants.1945gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 657-665-4653 and let, let us give back to you and help you, okay? All right, all of that stuff's out of the way, Mike. You ready? Are we ready to talk about this logo? Ready, man. All right, here we go. I thought you were <laughs> gone for a second there. Okay, so... No, to- I just had to... Just take a deep breath. <laughs> deep breath. Okay. So the Rams released these logos today. They released the the Ram head, the one that's got all the script, the Los Angeles Rams, you know, top to bottom there, and the one that actually has the L.A. with the horn going around it. If you were online at the time, the reaction was interesting. Many people loved it. A few people hate it and lots of people in between Mike what are your thoughts I mean you've worn the uniform you've donned the horns you are well steeped in living that Rams legacy what are your thoughts man can you feel that heat coming through the mic the intercom systems the internet all of the good stuff uh, the logo, I just have no love for it at all. I, I just, 
I'm just amazed at all the, I'm sure, marketing dollars and research that went into, okay, the reason why you need to make it like this and make it like that. And to come up with something, in my opinion, is closer to, you know, almost a lightning bolt type look on the logo. The the Ram horn one, you know, looks decent. I mean, it still looks like the Ram horn, but, you know, it almost looks like a wolf to a degree so but i can live with that one but the other ones i just don't see where they fit you're talking about the the ram head right yeah the ram head looks looks fine you know i i can live with that one but as far as the la with the looks to be a horn slash la ram within the logo that just looks too much close to a charger type thing. I don't get it. Uh, that is something I read a lot today. So folks still seeing the the charger with the way it comes over. Look, I mean, and another person happened to share to our feed the Angelo State logo, which is a school down in Texas, and yes, their LA horn. Or sorry, not LA, but the so it's like. Oh, the end of it, or whatever it is, the horn at the end of it, it looks awful familiar, and it raised some accusations that the Rams copied it. I don't want to say something like that. I'm hoping that would not be the case. Um, I don't want to go there. I think the Rams did some things right with this logo, and and I would be really dishonest if I didn't say that they came through on some things that were important to me as a longtime fan. They, they got the colors right. And I've seen various fans uh, going go back and putting navy blue back in. Don't do that. that. That was my big, that was actually my biggest no-no was going to navy blue. I hate the idea of going navy blue. The royal blue makes everything pop. We've, we've talked about that. The navy blue to me just makes it more boring. And it makes it more in line with what everybody else is doing. The Rams shouldn't be a team that, that, melds into the pot they should be a, a team that stands out from the pot okay and so the royal blue pops it's always pop for a reason and i'm glad they kept a version of that royal blue with it they call it the ram royal now just it's a little bit different than the original royal blue and i'm cool with that i'm excited about that and they, they they kept the 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 yellowish color and i heard someone complaining also about how there's some orange tinted into it as well but if i remember correctly because it's on my throwback back when you were playing that yellow wasn't straight yellow either. It did have almost like an orangish yellowish tint to it. Am I wrong? Well, it was definitely the yellow looks a lot similar. I mean, I have my old jersey still, so, you know, I can match it up pretty good. But, you know, when I just look at the logo, it looks like the opening of a newscast. So I don't know if that was on purpose or. <laughs> I'm not talking you know, about the design like, right now. I'm not going there. I'm just talking okay, about the coloring. Well, the colors. Yeah, the coloring. Colors, yeah. Just color sake. You know, yeah, they the, the colors sake are, are, are good. I mean, they kept kind of the old school white. That's cool. The definite horn uh, yellow looks cool. And obviously, you know, we, we went around and around on the Royal. So. That looks cool, but it's just overall, you know, my son, we were texting back and forth, and he's sending me voice videos. He's like, Dad, you know, I'm season ticket holder. I sat here, and, you know, I he's just like, I'm going to watch the movie. I'm just sick, you know. But, again, he's been around since he was a baby. Uh, my first year, he was a year old, and so uh, 87. He was born 86. So he he's known what the Ram logo's been, you know, for life, so. I just think a lot of us longtime Ram fans are a little bit disappointed given, quote unquote, the hype, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, again, is it something that can grow on you? Yeah. You know, we've been with something for so long. So but just the initial thoughts based on where we've been and hopefully where we're going uh, yeah, I'm just not that great a fan of it. Well, what do you mean by growing? Like, like grow like a tumor or maybe grow to well, somewhat? you know, like, oh, you see it enough and it goes, oh, okay, yeah, I remember when I first, man, I used to hate it, but man, I think it's really cool right now. But, you know, just from some of the things I've seen on some of the Twitter and things like that and some text messages I've gotten from, you know, uh, people that know that uh, I play for the Rams, their thing is, 
yeah, I'm going to keep the old Ram gear. I'm not going to go out and buy the new. So that's just kind of, you know, first sentiments coming back, at least from my uh, smaller network, if you will. Sure. Um, what, what I saw on on this too is a little different is I I was surprised at how the younger people responded because this is supposed to be geared toward the future and this and this is just anecdotal so don't if those of you who are out there listening and thinking okay I'm wrong that's fine think I'm wrong this is just what I saw on social media I saw more of the established fans at least being open to it having some issues, both positive and negative. But a lot of the younger fans were the ones I saw that were like, uh, no, no, I hate it. It's horrible. No. And it's several were on our timeline, quite frankly. And so that was, that one drew my attention. People who are in the twenties, uh, maybe early thirties, people who are going to be there and buying long-term investing money. I, I'm very surprised at their response because this was supposed to be geared more towards a future generation. And while they, I, I believe they tried to gear it towards that, but the, the the complaint I keep hearing, Mike, is that it just looks, man, how do I say it without, I'm not trying to come down the team too much because they still gave me some what I wanted. Um, <laughs> the complaint I've seen is, is amateurish. It's it's not well done. You can see the vision that they had, but it wasn't executed well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, again, you know, uh, not putting my son out there, but putting him out there. Uh, you know, he'll be, what, 34 this year, and he's just like, he's just, I'm over it. So he has no love, according to, you know, a number of his friends, the same thing. So... Uh, again, marketing companies and, you know, they get paid a lot of money to be able to know what people, whether, you know, worse, a small majority of what target market they're actually trying to get. Uh, but just from, again, my small fear, sphere of uh, influence or circle of friends and family and those type of things, uh, haven't had a lot of positive comments on it. Well, also on my end over here as well, what I tried to do immediately, because if you remember, my promise was I wouldn't buy it if I had a problem with it. So I, I was perfectly fine with the Ram head, and I'm happy with the colors. So I went online to go buy gear with the Ram head on it. And the only thing they had the Ram head on it that for men was the hat. And by the time I got that, the hat was gone. It was sold out, the one with the Ram head on it. The other ones with the L.A. logo were still there. And they had a whole bunch of shirts up there with just the L.A. horn logo, okay? If, you, if you're if you going this way, if I'm, if I'm telling the Rams anything, if you're going this way, you better flip this around and make that Ram head the primary logo because the L.A. one's not going to fly. And you can see it right away and how people are reacting. They're reacting much better to the Ram head. I, I was okay buying that. I won't buy the L.A. one. I'm sorry. I just I don't like it. That's just to it. I just don't like it. It just doesn't, it does look cheesy. They talked about on the Rams website how the, the script is meant to be progressive and italicized. It just looks plain to me, Mike. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You know, marketing apartments, they're in there crunching, crunching numbers on what's going to catch someone's eye and this and that and so on and so forth. But again, to me, it looks like, you know, the opening of a newscast, you know, let's talk about L.A. Rams, you know, and it's flashing <laughs> on the screen and goes away. So uh, I don't see how it it goes on items, maybe letterhead. But if you're saying they actually have shirts with this on it, yeah, I don't see that working. Yeah, if you go to Fanatics or NFLShop.com or Rams Shop, you know, Rams NFL Shop, you're going to see the um, you're going to see their gear. It's mostly has a LA logo on it and it just doesn't really fit for me. And I'm going to go ahead and just get right. Cause he has several people who post this stuff to us about it. And here's a comment from uh, B matter at Brad matter one. He says, I hope they don't screw with the horns and the helmets. That's actually, that came to mind because if you look at their webpage for, for the, it says Rams new If you go there, the horn, the new horn with the, with the kind of the line going 
over it, when they bring the two designs together, um, that horn's pretty prominent in every single one of those logos. And I'm just thinking, man, if they put that horn on the traditional Rams helmet, people are going to be ticked. You better not mess with that helmet. Leave it alone. Right. If you make the, the helmet matte or something like that, that's fine. But that traditional horn, do not mess with that horn. You are going to see, oh my gosh, the, you would think it's just small detail. People would not freak out about, but that's a big detail if you're a longtime fan. Do not mess with that horn. And But that horn is everywhere, and, well, everywhere on those logos, Mike. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm 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 trying to look at it right now and it's just like yeah that's what I'm saying if it's on some letterhead maybe I mean when you look at there's some images that come up when you just put it in and and you look up the images it shows the new stadium with it on the screen and that's kind of what I mean it looks like something that you would see on a newscast a sporting cast or something that flashes on the screen I don't see that logo being something that you would put on gear, you know, because it's just block lettering or whatever, and just just plain, if if for lack of a better term. Well, if I'm just going to bring it back to the, the helmet, though. I mean, I, we we have all this stuff like the, the, the field, the clothing. I think we're in agreement that the. The main logo doesn't do enough for us. Is that is that fair to say we can agree on that? Oh, we can agree on that for sure. Okay. All right. So then you take it to the little things that matter. Because believe it or not, these things do matter. When it comes down to tradition, you mess with the Pittsburgh Steelers helmet, for example, with the, with the logo on the one side and the other side is just black. You mess with the Packer logo, the Packer helmet. You mess with the Bears helmet. And too right. much to agree. They did a whole that whole flashy thing. That was fun. That's what I'm saying though. For the Rams helmet, if you do a matte thing, that's fine. But you mess with the actual core design, you would be surprised at how much that means to fans. They identify with the helmet above anything else. You mess with that helmet, you're gonna have some folks a bit unhappy. It seems so silly, right? But you wore that helmet, man, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the cool thing was every time on typically Thursday, uh, you know, equipment staff would start, you know, redoing and getting the helmets ready for game day. So it was just really cool to see how their process was. It, you know, they would set it up. One is stripping it. One is cleaning it. One is putting a, you know, new horn on that needed and those type of things, get them all cleaned up. And, you know, you're ready to go on Sunday. So, you know, obviously, you got some new people or, or what have you. You know, everybody's going to do their job, but I would entertain. I would wonder how much input that they took from just the general equipment people, you know, just the general, even if it was the cheerleaders, you know, did they take any input from the players or did they just go out to a marketing department and say, hey, man, we want to come up with something? You know, you give them the information, plug it into a computer. They go, oh, this demographic cool like this, this and this. And they just went for it. But, you know, I'm sure they're monitoring, you know, Twitters and the Facebooks mm-hmm. and all the different media attention that they'll get. And I would imagine they'll make tweaks going forward as needed. The biggest tweak to me is just, is make the Rams head. They have the primary. That solves a lot of problems yes. right there. But you can't right. mess with that horn, the helmet, man. You're gonna no. some, you're gonna people are gonna flip their lids. They're gonna flip their lids. All right. So here's a good question. This, I th- I thought this question was a really really good one. How do you think fan opinions would have differed if the leaked logo, which was actually awful, never came out? Yeah, I think. Well, leaked or not, I mean, it leaked. If it would have been great, then it would have made sense. But to see, like, man, this is not going to go over, I mean, big organization. Did you have a chance to go back in there? Because I'm sure they had maybe two, three, or four to choose from. Uh, Maybe they go to another one and actually unveil it. So I don't think that the leaked logo uh, was any more plus or minus. I think it gave them some insight that people probably weren't going to like it, 
and then they kind of went went ahead with it. I think I mean, my honest reaction when I saw it was, eh, well, it's not as bad as the original. <laughs> that was, I like the colors. I'm happy about the colors. Ram says it's too bad. So, and that's LA is not as bad as the original. That, that was my actual thought as I first saw it. And I, I see where this person's name is the general manager at GM Demigod on Twitter. I see where he's going here. Like it was almost like it was almost a planned leak. I'm not saying it was, by the way. It's almost like it was planned because they're kind of setting you up for the disappointment that comes. My my belief is if people first saw this and didn't see the leak, they probably hate it more. Because I mean that LA one just isn't good. The, the Rams head's fine. I know people are picking on that Rams head too. That one's fine. I don't. That's it's good. I'll I'll, I'll buy that. But. I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. So Johnny Lorette at John Lorette one, he says, "Well, there is good news. Maybe we good news. I mean, good news. Maybe you won't have to watch them play this year. And then a year less, we have to wait for our new logo. Ouch! And it's still not good news that they don't play this year. This is Marshall. Ouch! At, yeah, Marshall at STL got swagger. So STL, you know, he's a St. Louis guy. Why does?" Why does this organization constantly embarrass its fans? I mean, come on. I don't see it that way at all. I, I, I think they've made some mistakes. I think they really, and maybe Mike, you could. T- I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. I think they really botched up the rollout in 2016. I think they did not do a great job with the whole rollout here. Got to the point where they were trolling us in a way that people were just tired. I stopped caring about the logo release until today, quite frankly. Anything they said or did online, I just ignored it. Um. So I don't. I don't think he, they constantly embarrass fans. This team has three straight winning seasons. They went to Super Bowl. They've gone to the playoffs twice. Won the division twice. I. I don't. Tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think they're constantly embarrassing fans. But if you go back 20 years, I think you have some points there. I think overall, the organization has some uh, some work to do yet. What's your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I think the organization is not, you know, going out their way to to make it negative or make it look like they're not trying to win Super Bowls and things like that. I just think, again, you have young coach, you know, I know uh, Demoff's been in the position for a while, you know, Snee's been in a while for a while, but this is kind of the first time now since they've been back here in L.A. coming off of pretty three pre- Three productive seasons, you know, last year missed the playoffs, what have you. Uh, but overall, there's always going to be adjustments. And so I think this is just one of those time periods. It's just the adjustments that seem to be being made. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of thought, which makes you say, well, they have to have a plan for all of this because that just wouldn't make sense to take a team that was in the Super Bowl and then the next thing you know we're back to some of those years that we know about so uh, I'm just basically a little bit crossing my fingers in the sense of knowing that this season will be upon us quicker especially with kind of all this time away from you know with this uh, plague that's kind of going around right now so the season will be really quickly upon us, and it's uh, it's going to be the teams that make the quickest adjustments that'll that'll fare well. Yeah, I mean, you got. It. I think you got dead straight there. I have nothing to add to that. Okay, I don't think they're <laughs> trying to embarrass the fans at all. I think they are. I think they're human, and sometimes they are a little tone deaf with things. They did a great job, guys. Let's give credit to is to me the colors are the most one of the most important things. They at least got that right. They got the colors right, and they didn't. In that respect, they listened, and, and they did put a lot into trying to keep certain things about the logo, especially the Rams head, familiar to what we know. I'm cool with that. The, the LA logo, though, it's ugh, it's getting here. Listen, this one, love Dem Bruins. Uh, hashtag Mama for, for uh, Mama Forever at Big Pooh Bear. Okay. <laughs> Big Pooh Bear. Color's good. Ram Skull logo. It's aight. LA logo just out and out disgraceful. Looks like the Rams and Chargers had a baby. 
Yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay, and then Ram Fan Ashton one uh, posted this one's going around a kind of retrofit combination logo where they added um, basically mean yellow eyes to the Ram head, added the LA to it, and and, and said this is a better logo. And I disagree because they went right back to the navy blue. I don't want the navy blue. I want the royal blue, and the rest of it will be just fine. Overall, again. There you go. There's a tip. We, we spent a lot of time on it. We want to hear more of your takes, so please send them to us. If you send it to us by voicemail, we'll play it on the show, okay? It's at 657-666-5453, and we'll get with you on that. Now, really quick before I do the Jim Hawk read, again, don't forget, don't forget that we are still trying to help out for ads, all right? So, Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood Teen Grit Glam, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's been out for quite a while now. Jim's one of our original sponsors. And if you are looking for more information about the Rams history, especially in the 1950s, where you had Elroy Krizlik's Hurst, Tom Fears, Les Richter, all those guys, okay? This is the story to read. This is totally the story to read. It's the story of Jim's father, John, and his team, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams, going from 1953 to 1957. It gives a huge outlook on how this team really melded into Hollywood and the LA life and how that became Hollywood's team. So check it out. It's at Hollywood's team on Twitter at HollywoodsTeam.com. You can find it electronically on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, also find on paperback and hardback editions. It helps out homeboy industries, which gets, which works with people out of the gang life and into becoming a, Wonderful members of society all over again. And so it's a great cause. Check it out. It's Hollywood's team. Great glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, so you missed out on all the fun last week, Mike. So it's my chance to kind of just ask you some questions. Let's do it. A lot went down. A lot went yes, down. The Rams did. lose Dante Fowler Jr. They lose Corey Littleton. They release Clay Matthews. They release Todd Gurley. Do I need to keep going all the guys they lost? Yeah. I mean, they they let a huge chunk, especially their defense, go a little bit of their offense as well. They re-signed to a three-year contract. Andrew Whitworth at three years worth $37 million, $12.5 million guaranteed. And they bring back Austin Blythe as well. They get also Leonard Floyd from the Bears, and they get a Sean Robinson defensive lineman from the Detroit Lions. Overall, Mike, what's your take? It's a lot, man. It, it's a lot. It's it's a lot because, <clears throat> to me, you were unable to re-sign, I would say, two to three of their best defenders on defense. Uh, you also have a new defensive coordinator coming in, young guy. Uh, obviously, you got one of the best players in the league still on defense and Aaron Donald, but Brockers is no longer here. So he, what what are we going to do to offset the losses? You know, so a uh, guy coming from the Bears, you know, maybe evens out. With Brockers leaving, I don't know. Uh, I just know he'll be playing in better weather, so he'll probably be fired up about that. But <laughs> yeah, overall, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's a lot of lot of holes to fill. I mean, as far as I understand it, Flo is brought in to replace Matthews, and then Robinson was basically brought in to replace Brockers. Robinson's right. younger; he's bigger, a bit of a stouter run blocker doesn't have a pass rusher. So the point of view is Brockers is probably better overall, but it's a higher thing for Robinson if you can get more out of him. That's kind of what we got from talking to Eric Schlitt. Now, with everything else, I think it really depends because it's not just that, but Mike, the coaching turnover as well, man. That's what I mean. It's oh a my lot. Goodness. You have new coaches. I mean, you have a couple from the D staff that are still there. But one of the tough things about meshing old staff with new staff, 
is the new staff confident enough to believe that the old guys who are there are under their wing or under their guidance? You know, there can be sometimes this kind of looking over your shoulder thinking that, well, those guys know our guys better than I, so are they really listening to me, you know, or something like that? So that just takes time and change, and so that's what I'm saying. This year is going to be pretty interesting because, again, as you noted, not only do you have new players adjusting to things, new environment, new teammates, you also have a number of coaches adjusting to each other, which hasn't been the case in a number of years. Do you believe that this long-term is good or bad for the Rams? Uh, You know, that's always hard to say because you have to take in a a young Sean McVay coming into a – what we would have considered a horrendous situation and got some things going really well. But you could say, well, that's because he had a Wade Phillips on defense. He didn't have to do this and that. I think part of the growing pains of a young coach like Coach McVay now saying, no, I'm going to make sure this is my show. I've been now at the helm. I appreciate all the wisdom. Now he may be in the position. It's time for me to shore it up and be the head coach across the board. That being the case, it could be great long term because now he's got some more guys who are going to, as they say, die for him, if you will, because he's given them first opportunities to be OCs, DCs, uh, things like that on a, a great team. At least it's been. So there's a lot of pluses in that as well. Then you bring in a couple other new school with the new coaches. Well, they're going to be, we don't know what it was like when Wade was here. We just know what it was like. We're new here too. So that, I think, plays an advantage into to going forward. The thing is, are you able to mesh the two camps from some of the old guys who, from what we hear, uh, really loved how Coach Wade and some of the defensive staff that are no longer here. So hopefully they can gel with the, the new staff pretty quick. Uh, definitely in this environment, it'll be a little bit tougher because obviously I would imagine they're not able to see each other like you would in a normal offseason. So I think this year is going to be very interesting going forward. I labeled this before as the Rams taking their medicine, right? That's how I've been talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and that's good. That's I good. Think that's pre- I think they're relying on the offense to figure it out this year. And because they're, they've chosen that path, we're going to see a, a lot of shootout. So this defense isn't going to be as bad as we'll think it is, though. I mean, you still have one of the best secondaries in the league. Well, Ram, you know, I the mean, thing is, as you're saying, if the offense is keeping the other team's defense on the field and our defense off the field, well, that's just less opportunity for an offense to, to do something. So that's always going to play. And I agree. The way things are looking, uh, Coach McVay is saying, I'm going to take this and put it on my shoulders this year. And, oh, we're going to have to carry it this year. I mean, that's just kind of how I view it, though, right? I mean, you put on the offense just to carry it. The defense still has talent there. Like, I mean, the secondary has – I mean, you have Taylor Rapp back there. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have Johnson back. And then you, you still have Aaron Donald Mill. Okay? I mean, it's the linebackers we're going to worry about. Leonard Floyd is a solid piece. Sean Robinson should be better than he was last year in Detroit. There's, I think there's good possibilities there for the Rams. I just wonder if they change too much to really do much. I mean, I don't think Vegas odds drop from last year. The Rams were at 10.5 wins plus or minus. Now they're at 8.5. I kind of just feel like the Rams decide, you know what? We're going to go in this new stadium and that's going to carry us this first year, but we're going to take our hits in 2020 with everybody growing together to come back in 2021 and be ready. Now, is it your opinion that Clay Matthew is done, or did they just release him not to have to pay a roster and sign a bonus and try to bring him back? I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's done, but I don't know that he's going to – I mean, they already paid him. He already had a guaranteed amount there. It's still going to count. 
I think is is it two point five against the cap? I think. Let me check real quick. It was something like that. And it's not like he's not getting paid at all. I just doubt that he's back. I mean, I just the money difference wasn't that much for you to cut him otherwise. I'm going go back and check again just to make sure I'm not wrong on that. But see here, dead cap numbers. Yeah, he had a two million. They have a two million dollar dead cap hit, so he still gets that two million dollars. How much do you make per year? I mean, he was it was at a contract before that was for Clay. It was um, once already been moved. That's a bummer. Yeah, they already moved it off the page. So. Dag Navit spot track there, but it was something like he was supposed to make something like five point five or six point five this year. So let's say it's like four yeah. million to, to cut him. So is he going to sign back for a four million dollar contract? Then what's the point? Because he already—that's what they cut him for. Yeah, that's true. True. So you, you know, maybe they're just looking at you know. I'm looking at the depth chart now. Uh, I mean, you got uh, Morgan Fox. You got. Ah, Sean Robinson, new guy uh, at the nose tackle, which is interesting because that's where Greg gains. But it's odd that depth chart wise, they've dropped him down to third, which is interesting. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, Aaron Donald, they have, you know, Samson, uh, Justin Lawler uh, be coming back. Micah Kaiser, who's been here. Uh, Leonard Floyd, new guy. Secondary will be basically the same. So. Those are pluses, so maybe not as first look devastating as it could be, but with all the changes staff-wise and player-wise, not sure how much the scheme is going to change. Obviously, uh, Roby Coleman won't be back either, so uh, yeah, I think the O is just definitely going to have to carry it. I mean, and we don't know what they do in the draft yet. They have... I mentioned this on the last show. In the last three drafts, of the 27 players they have drafted, they still have 22 of those players, which is unheard of. 22 out of 27 from the last three drafts combined. So they're they're doing well drafting and developing guys, especially on defense. So who knows what happens now, especially with like guys like Michael Kaiser and so on and so forth. My only question really is, what are you doing up front? Eric Schlitt was on the show last week, and he mentioned that that Ashawn Robinson is not a three technique. Now, just for us novices, Mike, what's a three technique? Well, basically, the three technique is where you're lining up. So a three technique is going to be a little bit outside your guard, in, in between the guard and tackle gap. Uh, and it's just a way to just say where you're, you're different in position. So... Uh, but to say he's not a three tech or a one tech, which is a true nose, which he played a lot more last year. A three tech is more of what Aaron Donald plays a lot of. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's definitely not like that kind of guy to create havoc and things like that. So, yeah. So scheme wise for some guys, it'll be a plus, And for other guys, it's going to be maybe pushing you out the door a little bit. So let me ask you a question. Where did you see Michael Brockers play the most at? Uh, he was considered more of a, a, a five tech. So okay. he was playing more of an outside edge of the tackle guy. Uh, but he, he was playing in there at some three tech as well. See, I don't, you, you probably wouldn't see Robinson playing three tech. That was his weakness. So you're probably going to see him more inside. That's why I haven't listed ahead of Greg Gaines. So what do you do with Greg Gaines? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When I just looked on the Jeff Tart now, he's like third behind uh, Sebastian Cole. So I'm like, whatever their scheme is, yeah, they don't see him being the guy that's going to be pushing that starting role, at least right now. I mean, at least a rotational guy, at least. Right. I mean, so there. Uh, so... Moving on, folks, before we wrap up for the night, one more thing I have to ask, Mike. The CBA. The CBA, what are your thoughts on that? I know that uh, you mentioned a couple things just via text to me about your overall thoughts in terms of the CBA and what this does for the NFL in the future. 
Uh, well, obviously, for the future of the league, it gives them stability. Uh, I don't know that the players, again, after year two are going to uh, like it. Uh, you know, some of the adjustments, you know, a shorter preseason, you know, a longer season. But again, all these things go into, as we've been watching this low management thing happen a lot more in basketball, we're going to see a lot more of that happening in football. So I don't know for the overall game for week in and week out matchups, you know, prolific games. I don't know that we see those anymore because you're going to see guys maybe not playing early or if a team jumps out to seven and oh, you'll see guys resting a lot more during the middle of the season, things like that. So with the extra game, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. My my assumption is they just want to get a few more international games things like that but guys typically hate those you know you're gone and traveling all over the world if you will it's cool the first time around it's not cool if you're the team that like every year is now on an international game you know it's cool to go see a new place take your family and you know you don't really practice hard that week and all the, all those things but uh but for league-wide stability, contracts, money for the league, it works in that sense. You know, there's some things, you know, they've added some money here and some things there. So uh, I guess overall I would say I'm 50-50 on it. But, you know, I just figured out I'm almost 20 years removed from my last year playing. So it's been a lot of things that have happened, at least monetarily-wise, that have been advantageous for players. Now, now, Mike, I'm sorry to pick on your age, man, but your math's off a little bit, dude. Is my math off? Because my bit. daughter just turned 24. So. I mean, I'm just saying, what year did you retire? That would be after the 96 season. Okay, so that would be 24 years. <laughs> my goodness, 24 years. It's been 24 years since you've taken the field as an NFL player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How much That's is right. But that, that actually brings one last question for, for me to you, though, is – in that 24 years, we've seen the NFL Network come about. We've seen more cable networks pick up NFL games. We've seen yes. two expansion teams. We've seen the Rams move back to L.A. We've seen the Chargers move to L.A. We've seen the Raiders move again, this time to Las Vegas. We've seen the London games put into full focus. Where I wonder, in terms of your veteran status, how does that affect your perspective on how this union contract was was made and signed? Well, you know, one of the things that, that I thought I read a few times were, you know, on how they voted. Typically, you know, the collective bargaining agreement uh, would get voted on when we were all usually in camp at some point in time. So you had seemed like a little bit more information. To me, it seemed like the number I saw was 70% or something like that of actual players voted. So when you look at it from that standpoint, it's like, wow, you know, 30% of the guys didn't vote. Like, why did that happen or why didn't it happen? So that to me is a little more concerning than anything that because something that's going to absolutely affect you and future players you want to make sure you you get your your name on the dotted line somewhere. So that was a little interesting, but uh, I was a little surprised with the quickness at which it got done based on typically uh, each side is trying to hammer out a better position for themselves. So that's the only reason why I have a little skepticism uh, not having read through it, you know, line by line everything that's gone into it, but it just seems like it got signed pretty quick. So obviously that can be good and bad. So I'm going to hopefully error that it was a good thing. The guys actually read and know what they actually signed as opposed to just being told, Hey guys, it's a good deal. Let's just sign it. You know, hopefully it's, it really is. Uh, but again, you know what I've just seen on the outside, outskirts and just briefing over the major points looks like there's a lot of positives all right so all that said folks there's a show there's a wrap we we 
got everything we could, and I think we did it in less than an hour. Did we do it in less than an hour? We did score less than an hour. So everything you need to know about the Rams today, if you have some comments for us, you could always send us an email at rams1945 at gmail.com. You could also reach out to us via voicemail at 657-666-5453. We are looking for sponsors for the upcoming year, but we're putting that aside for now. One more time, third time I've said this podcast. If you want some ad space for free for the next one to two months just to get the word out there, let us know, okay? Because we want to help you. This applies to businesses local to the SoCal area, those who, in the demographics of people who are listening mostly to us, and that's our way of giving back to the community, okay? Time to go. So here we go. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find our group, the Rams Talk Room, as well. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Mike at OneDuke23. Don't forget us on Apple Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, all those places. Okay. So for Mike and the entire staff here at Rams Talk, this is Derek C. Apollo saying take it easy, and we'll be back a little bit later this week for some more. Well, some more fallout, I guess, from Logogate. Have a great one. We're out of here. (laughs) We're out. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. A four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.